0: Hello, and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We are meeting about in the house today as the wind and <laughs> rain batters the house and the beach and the hill and the outside. I haven't even been out for a walk this morning. I looked out the uh the f- the front door and i couldn't couldn't face it. My strategy is that I've got an indoor walking route that I use. You're utilising the uh, masses of <laughs> stairs that we have to give myself some, some exercise so I can uh, yeah, wake yeah. myself up. So that's what I've been doing this morning.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a brave soul goes out.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I did it yesterday. It was very brave and honest to God. It felt like I trekked across the Arctic or something. When I got yeah, back, I was, <laughs> I was absolutely knackered, but I felt incredibly heroic. What did but you say to me? You said Soaked what? to the skin. You
1: said, oh, maybe sometime. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, Ah oh, yes, yeah. so yeah, it's, uh, it's, we we do have some good days. Yeah. So don't be put off coming to Wales because it doesn't rain all the time. <laughs>
1: well, that's why it's so green because it rains.
0: Yeah, and so, also if you ever wondered where the uh, the HQ of the Wokarati is, the tofu eating Wokarati, it's here, it's here. <laughs> our house.
1: <laughs> well, I've been eating tofu for for years. I used to make my own at one time when I had time on my hands, which uh, is quite a process. Yeah. It's more more labour intensive than bread making, but the the uh, the home stuff's utterly delicious because you can have it fresh, you can have it when it's still warm.
0: Yeah, so you you basically Captain Woke. Like I am Captain actually, Woke. You made made your own tofu.
1: I am I, I am so I'm I'm so Woke that I, I, if they found out about me, they'd probably send <laughs> send some assassins. Don't tell
0: anyone, folks. It's just off. between us. I
1: mean. The idiocy of, of, of claiming that you're anti woke, yeah, I mean well, so, I mean, call me literal, but I think if you're anti woke, it means that you celebrate unconsciousness. You know, no not or if you say if you're not awake you're asleep, right? Or unconscious. Right? I mean woke actually, it seems to me it kind of rose up in, in America in in the black community and it's like jazz argo. And it used to be, the word used to be hip. Right? Now, they, they, they talked about people being hip, the jazz guys in New York, and, um, in, you know, way back in the 1930s, you know. And hip meant... Well, yeah, it was a, a, an African word from one of the African dialects that, that was kept alive amongst the slaves and went into the argo of, of, the, of the, the jazz guys. And in the original African languages, I forget which, it meant with eyes open... So so then that got took up by the hippies with eyes open, because the, the hippies were deeply committed to, uh, to, well, to at least attempting to get their eyes as open as wide as they could, you know, and hence the popularity of LSD and mescaline and, and so forth. Now, whether they achieved, that's another matter, but it certainly was the aspiration. We want to know what's going on. Because we don't trust what Nixon's saying about it all, <laughs> which strikes me, with hindsight, as being having been rather wise, you know, even though they were a bit over the top in many other respects. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, Oh, I didn't know that.
0: That's. Oh interesting. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: so, yeah. so woke means the same as hip uh, or hippie. Uh, so.
0: Oh, but Pete, haven't you, haven't you heard? Woke's a bad thing.
1: Yeah, well, it is. If it is from the fucking Tories, because they would prefer <laughs> that everybody was asleep. Yeah. Because if you're asleep you don't notice that you've been screwed. That's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, so well a brave woman thought she was being so clever, wasn't she? Yeah. She came out with that in Parliament. Oh my god, that bitter in the arse, didn't
1: uh, it? Chop to- tofu eating wow. my karate. Right? I, I like tofu when it's done pro- properly and it's nice and fresh. It's it it's it is delicious, but you have to know what you're doing with it. Yeah. It's clever stuff.
0: No, you've done it. Now have to cook it in a in a little bit of a special way so it's not too too bland yeah
1: well it's, it's,
0: it's but anyway it's the
1: taste thought, of it's the taste of zen
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah slight aside there slight aside um, yeah that's it uh, we um we're just experimenting with a bit of a new format where we're just bringing you into our living room and our kitchen so you can join in our Conversations that yeah. we generally have at this time of day. It's about half past 10 in the morning. Yeah. And I'm going to be weaving uh, through, to, going to be doing some dinner prep in a moment. So yeah. you can come in with us while we're pottering. But we've been talking about all sorts of things this morning. Um, why don't you? Um, we wanted to make a bit of an amendment on the podcast we made last time so i'll do that in a minute or or to add something to what we said last time uh but um well, well just
1: to continue just the con- theme, the you know that
0: conversation and um uh, i was quite interested in what you were telling me because pete wakes up really early and puts on uh the radio because he's an old-fashioned chap <laughs> and uh yeah. listen still listens to the radio and um uh, you listen to these uh, uh, farming programs that tend to be on at the crack of dawn, come about or even five before o'clock. the crack of dawn. Five yeah. o'clock or six o'clock. Yeah, I
1: think five o'clock, and then Radio for the the big the, their big sort of news flagship, three three hours in which they tell you what it says in the Daily Mail, <laughs> yeah. or some or get some somebody talking bollocks about the Royal uh, Soap Opera.
0: Yeah. Uh, Would you say that the? Because I mean, obviously, I like a lot of radio for is just like pure it, propaganda these days. But these the the farming programs, they're not, are they? They, they no, do kind of like quite tell it how it is. No.
1: It's the the new the new stuff is so just highly propaganda, and there's very little real investigative stuff. They do put programs of investigative stuff, and and programs in which they get some kind of decent public intellectuals to come and talk about this and that. But uh, the the, new, the news is is far it's right wing pr- propaganda, you know. It yeah. just it just is. I'm, they can say what they like. It just so, is. Well,
0: what what the farmers saying at the moment? Then,
1: well, as uh, I have the overall impression that that farmers have got their backs against the wall in general. Small farmers, family farmers. I mean, the the the, the corporations that might own five thousand acres of East Anglia or a million square miles of <laughs> uh, uh, the the plains in the US, uh, you know. Uh, there, there is a distinction between corporate agriculture, which is run by Monsanto and, you know, uh, uh, and that whole kind of corporate takeover of agriculture on the one hand and the, and the small farmer on the other, the family farmer on the other, you know. But certainly uh, the, the, the smaller farmers and the, mid, the middle-sized farmers, there's... I think there's a big move to understand that the soil is fucked. Right. It, and it,
0: anyone it, who's it, not really kind of been into gardening and particularly growing um, uh, vegetables and food kind of won't, won't really understand like, well, they they know what soil is but yeah. like, they don't actually really know what soil is, yeah. do they? Uh, well,
1: well, I mean, what I'd, want to, what I'd want to say in this respect is that uh, now, in, in our popular discourse about the environment, it's all about global warming, and that's the thing, and that's the thing you've got to sort out. And it's true enough; it's, it's very real, and it's more urgent than most people realise. It really is I'm taking quite a deep look at this, and it, it, it really is a serious, serious existential threat to, to humanity. But it's, only, it's part and parcel of, of, of a much bigger problem, which is a generalised environmental degradation. It affects the sea, of which millions and millions and millions of people, billions of people depend on the sea because fish is the, the, the primary part of their diet. It's part of their subsistence diet, the main part. Sea's fucked and that, that's to do with the CO2 making the sea more acid because the sea absorbs all this excess CO2 or a lot of it and becomes more acid in the process which alters the balance of the species and giving rise to mass extinctions and depletion of fish stock plus, plus um, factory factory fishing which ruins uh, it just, they just dredge the bottom of the ocean just ruin it turn it into a, an ocean desert the equivalent the ocean equivalent of a desert something lifeless you know it's too extractive. And the, the, the other thing is soil, and soil globally is being depleted, and it's a conservative estimate to say that there are, in most of the world's bread baskets, and there are at most 60 more seasons, there are at most 60 more harvests, because the modern agricultural method with the chemical fertilisers is slowly de- depleting the soil, it's getting thinner and thinner and more and more lifeless. Now good soil which you, gr- you can grow healthy produce in, grains and vegetables and fruit and so forth. Uh, it has to be teeming with life and it needs to be thick. It needs to, you, you need a couple of feet of topsoil that's full of microbes and, and little insects and earthworms, very important earthworms. And uh, fungi, which recycle decomposing material. And that kind of soil is in- incredibly fertile. A lot of the world's soil is now just a, li- a little, little, little kind of thin layer of depleted stuff. And you, you're basically growing your plants on fertilisers, which are made from, guess what, crude oil. You know, they're a, bo- they're a product of, of, of the big oil extractive in- industry. So this is completely unsustainable, and what I'm hearing on these farming programs, listening to these farmers, um, is is that they realise this a lot of them, and so they're, they're kind of introducing like no player methods, which because ploughing disturbs all this kind of stuff. You try, you try not to sort of dis, to disturb it, and you try and build you try and build up a good layer of soil by introducing organic material, introducing life to it again. I have a lot of experience with this. I, I was a, an allotmentist like Mr Corbyn for, well, I think, 34 years, you know. Eventually you get old, You, you back, <laughs> your back your back starts complaining, you know, and you have to do, like... you know, I mean, I had three allotments, so it's kind of a lot of work. Yeah. So, but I know about this and, the, the, you know, direct experience. Soil is so so important, but farmers are getting it. They're not always able to do anything about it because they get constrained by whatever legislative framework that they're sitting in. And in the UK at the moment, and I'm not completely up to speed with this, but since when the UK was in the the EU, the European Union, agricultural policy, there was a common agricultural policy across the EU with subsidies and to encourage certain methods of farming and to discourage other methods as a means of sort of balancing out a sort of European wide market. It wasn't especially good for uh, for ecology, even though there were some protections built in. Incidentally, environmental protections are something that the, t- the Tories are hoping to get rid of at the end of the end of this year, I think, or the beginning of next year. Oh
0: yeah, this this, this is know. this is something to look out for. I mean, they. It's the Tories just want to kind of sweep clean any kind of protection or any any law which protects anyone from anything, basically, don't they? Yeah, well, there's
1: environmental protections. I mean, there are, there are some thousands of laws that came from the EU that were agreed upon democratically. But, you know, it all has to get through the European Parliament to which we elected members, that those of it that could, could be bothered to vote in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: and they were, they are really British laws, aren't they? But they're yeah. saying we must yeah. get rid of them because they're EU laws right, and yeah. they're evil. Well, the, yeah.
1: the, the way this was instituted in the House countries, that the, the law would then go back to the country, um, and and then be passed through its local parliament and become incorporated in its domestic law. And we have many thousands of domestic laws that that come through in that process, and they're mostly sort of pre- laws of pre- pre- protection, environmental protection. Mm. Stop people from just ch- trashing Def- the environment. definitely
0: don't want any environmental protection. If,
1: if, if industrialists and farmers and, and uh, uh, capitalists have to pay for the externalities of their activities, in other words, for any pollution that they cause, for instance, they don't like it because it takes into the profit margin and then they have to start putting pressure on workers to work for less and then they get stroppy and then you get, you get like a lot of social unrest and the thing, the thing becomes unmanageable. So they'd rather not. They, they, so they'd rather not have laws that say you've got to pick, you've got to clean up the dirt that you're throwing out into the environment with your, with your processes, with your money-making efforts. Yeah. Number one, workers' protections, workers' rights, things like pay, pay holidays, sick pay, maternity leave, all that, all that will be oh, stripped away. Equal to pay
0: out. for women, I think that's going as well.
1: Yeah, equal. You know, the the the, the equal pay laws of. Ultimately, uh, you, uh, come from the EU, uh, you, you know, so they're sweeping them away. But um, this this is a disaster capitalist, gladiatorial capitalist wet dream.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I guess who's behind it's Mug. But of course, the farmers are, uh, uh, are having all their stuff rejigged because they're no longer under the common agricultural policy. Mm. But agriculture's a matter for the devolved government, saying so Wales it's different from Scotland and Northern Ireland, they've all got their own. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, but actually they yeah, they have their own separate conditions as well, you know I mean, agriculture here is it's a whole animal of its own, you know compared with um agriculture say in east Anglia, so even though it would have something in common with like the stuff that goes on in the lake district, you no know, hill farming she's like sheep basically
0: yeah
1: it would, uh, it would do a very good job of turning all the the, the hill country in the united kingdom into into sort of um, species-poor deserts, you know. <laughs> Even though it's very, very beautiful up there, you do sometimes sense that it could do with not being kind of like nibbled back to the rock quite soundly. Yeah. It's not as bad oh, yeah. as if it was goats, you know. But anyway, that's me at farming, yeah. But the, the farmers, are, I would say, as, as, a, as, as a group... Roughly, not all of them. Obviously, they're very diverse. One has to be very careful about generalisations. But nevertheless, the impression is that that that, that 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 quite a lot of farmers, I have like to say, are woke. <laughs> in other words, they're alert to what's, you know you know to what what the, the agricultural practices of the last I don't know 50, 60 years uh, 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 what damage that has done. To the the ecosphere, which we do depend on,
0: yeah. You know,
1: and f- food shortages. I'd say, uh, 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 well, they're already we're, we're already witnessing this. You know, people don't realize that the Syrian war was a was a, um, a an environmental degradation law. The stuff that's going on in the Horn of Africa. At the end of the day, it's when people can't can't subsist when their crops fail and this kind of stuff. You know. So it's 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 very, very, very important. Uh, the matter the matter of soil and the matter of agriculture. And obviously we know there are debates around meat and 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 certainly cattle ranching is uh, one of the reasons why the Amazon forest is, uh, was being felled at a rate right of nuts Hopefully, Lula will be able to kind of slow that down. Maybe even stop it. Well, stop I hope it. So. But Bolsonaro, I was thinking, was I oh, just chop it fucking down? And look, because and, and the idea is, you get a, you, you don't get many crops because the soil is very thin. and The minute you chop the trees down, it washes away. But you get a couple of seasons of growing soybeans, which of course, you know, soybeans are not used to make tofu for Individ for oh, you to make tofu for human beings, it's used to, to feed animals in in high intensity animal-based agriculture, uh, which does an, an enormous amount of environmental damage. So it's all of these things are interrelated and this, this is this is the lesson of ecology, you know, is is that soil, sea, air, human life, civilised life life in cities, isn't it? they're all interrelated into one big, complex system, or a system of systems, you might say. And that perhaps some of our talk about global warming, or our, our exclusive focus on the, the actually the climate change, is, is, is something that I, th- I think kind of misleads people. You know, even though you, for God's sake, keep saying it, you know, keep, keep saying it, but re- remember it's, it's a part of somewhat even bigger and even more dire and, and uh, urgent. I don't mean to sound like a gloomster I do think we can pull it back, but by God it's going to take a lot of rejigging. And one of the things that will need to be rejigged, even though there are no panaceas here, there, are no one, there is no one single silver bullet for the problems, that, the existential problems that humanity faces. But one of the things is, is, I would say, the the Thatcherite understanding of how the world works, which became the common sense after 40 years of propaganda behind it, that there is no such thing as society. Now, I actually did a podcast about that the other day, and we called it... What did we call it? Is that the last one we
0: did? Yeah. Er... Pathological irrationalism in the UK and
1: beyond. Yeah, pathological irrationalism in the UK and beyond. And I said in that podcast that that, that Thatcherite ultra-individualism, that that denial of the exi- the very existence and substance and importance and value of society was so irrational and that it was like a core irrationality and that it, that it shared with fascism an espousal of irrationality. Now you might turn round here and say, well fascism was was a collectivist movement, it was a mass movement, you think of the Nuremberg rallies, everybody the same, like a tribe of ants, all wearing the same uniforms, all saluting neatly all in line with each other, all waving the flags together, thousands of them, and the way the population was mobilised into a military force that conquered Europe and that really that that's a collectivist endeavour rather than an individualist endeavour and therefore to call Thatcher a fascist was completely wrong. However, I want to maintain that it isn't completely wrong. I maintain that that irrationalism can be mobilised in any direction that suits the, the political force which manages to mobilise it and it might produce a, an hyper-individualism which Thatcherism did and then uh, and, and how that worked for capitalism by producing a culture of self-creation through consumption, through the signs and signals that you are able to buy, through fashion, through a massive encouragement for people just to buy more and more and more stuff. Incidentally, stuff which is depleting the world of resources and creating pollution in, in, into the process. And now, I wanted to say how, how that process gave rise to a really malignant, for some unlooking individuals, a really malignant character structure. So, you'll get somebody who boasts and taunts the woke Karate with the fact that he owns 33 cars and they're all six litres and they, they bung out so much pollution. And he's really, really proud of how much pollution.
0: I like, like the word karate. You're going to be impressed with that. No, yeah,
1: well, they're not. Well, well, Greta, Greta Thunberg in that case particularly <laughs> wasn't. He told the bloke, you know, he's he's got his dicks only a quarter of an inch long, you know. <laughs> it, it, so you get all that kind of kind of nonsense, you know, and that whole kind of psyops of con, con, consumerism, and, and you you're only really somebody. If you just own loads and loads of stuff that you can display to the world. And that, I think, is kind of pretty malignant. and it Oh, does...
0: it's so sad, though. So sad that somebody would, saying? like, just t- completely tie in their self-worth and what they think of themselves with that.
1: Yeah, oh, but, oh, but, oh, but, so but this, this, this is what's been, pu- been pushed and pushed and pushed and polemicised for and propagandised for for 40 years because it, was a, it, it became the motor of, of a certain kind of capitalism in a, in a certain part of the world, it's not the motor of capitalism everywhere, it's the motor of capitalism in the so-called advanced uh, West or the North, the Global North, people call it these days. We used to call it the First World, and that, no, that might well be a politically incorrect kind of title. I don't know. So... You can see how this, this all connects with, with environmental degradation. We have environmental degradation because we have rampant capitalist consumerism, which, which produces and needs to produce as its motor a kind of malignant character structure that's quite kind of fascistic because it's got this irrationalism at its core. Now, this is, the Nazis used the, the, the irrationalism that they mobilised in a different way to produce a war footing. to to rescue the economy of a country that that had been smashed to smithereens by war reparations by the fact they lost the First World War which incidentally was a battle between national capitalisms for for dominance of world markets and world, um, for territory for imperial territory from which they could extract raw materials to make profit I mean the villain of the piece here of course is the profit motive now I want to say you know that the that if you spotted a kind of uh, what seems like a contradiction between the hyper-individualism of Thatcherism and me claiming that that is in some way essentially fascistic, at least on that level of that espousal of a certain irrationalism, and you see a contradiction between that and the, 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 the mass nature of, of fascism, you know, how, 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 uh, historical Nazism and Italian fascism, Utilised a, a, a much more collectivist idea and produced characters which could subsume themselves in, in, into a malignant mass, into a, in, in, into a sort of a controlled, violent mob, which became the Wehrmacht, which you know managed to to, to conquer the whole of Western Europe. So it's not a contradiction; it just appears like it. But out of that I was—I got to thinking about the whole notion that there is a stark opposition between hyper-individualism and hyper-collectivism. And this this is a, a dichotomy, a stark binary that's mobilised, particularly on the American right and on the basement dweller right, the far right, uh, particularly in the US, but, you know, it. it, it it catches on everywhere, once it starts there and reaches a certain critical mass. And it is it is fairly prevalent in many parts of the world. And there's this notion that there's that the real political distinction is between the individualist, the society that lets the, the libertarian, you might say, wants individuals to be allowed to do what they like on the one hand, and collectivist, in which, which we kind of group together to do things on on the other. So you then get the again the same opposition that, that Thatcher wanted to really uh, uh, work on and to and to put to prize open into a stark opposition between being a human individual and being a trade unionist because he didn't want anybody to be trade unionist again because trade unionists don't let capitalism get get a, 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 a clear ride at its at it's rampant pro- profit making um, uh, project, and I want to say there is not there isn't a stark opposition. You know, the, us, us us kind of well karate. We embrace collectivism for a number of reasons, uh, but one of one of which is so that we can create a society in which we can actually develop our individuality, explore our individuality, and allow it to fl- to flourish and to build on it and on all of its creative potential. But I would maintain that 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 kind of individualism looks nothing like Thatcherite individualism, which is all about this extremely kind of shallow, destructive and malignant activity of uh, of producing, uh, of um, organising your personality or your character in such a way that you can acquire more and more and more and more stuff that you can display in a world of signs and symbols that signifies your worth. The kind of individualism that I'm talking about, it's nothing like that, it's nothing like that, and it does understand its connection to society and to, and to groups, um, and it does understand its connection to society at large, in fact to all the citizens of the world, in fact to the great community of creatures, which is the ecosphere. The And it's almost as though one, one doesn't become a self, a, pro, a proper self, I would say, like a flourishing human self, without having an understanding of your deep connections, and perhaps even the experience of that mergence, of that connectedness with humanity at large, and in fact with life itself at large. I mean, this is what Nietzsche would call the Dionysian. And I would say that the true Dionysian is also the most individuated, person because they they come through that Dionysian immersion in life as a whole that absorption into life as a whole that emergence with the Tao you might say on the one hand and all of one's peculiar and unique faculties at least having a chance to develop and to be cultivated not as a matter of Ambition, particularly, or some kind of doer uh, project of Protestant self perfection, but as, as, as a joyful, creative expression of what it is to be alive as you. So, I say to you, join a trade union so that we can create a society in which you can do you properly, <laughs> you know, and that your children we will be able to grow up and, you know, you'll be able to say to them, you go and do you now, here is a world that we've made where you can do that. So, I suppose here, what I'll we'll try to get at through a big ramble around farming and oceans and pollution is to come back to saying there is no stark opposition between the individual and the collective. And that when that opposition is being drawn and propagandised for in a very, very stark way, I mean, it does capitalism a great service by introducing a note of irrationalism, which stops us from thinking clearly, which stops us from seeing clearly the scam that's being pulled across us, which stops us from seeing clearly how how poorly the, the system, the economic and productive system that we we live in, how poorly it serves our real needs, and how poorly it serves the the real and wonderful possibility of human flourishing on this planet through civilised living and the expression and freedom of individuals that that civilised living ought to be delivering.
0: So I hope you enjoyed being in our kitchen with us me knocking around in the background I've been there chopping some vegetables just because uh, our dinner's going to be tofu and vegetables tonight (laughs) (laughs) so Anna Braverman's probably got something against vegetables as well but she's Mm. keeping quiet about that one after the, uh, the, the ridiculous spectacle she made of herself going on about tofu in the first place anyway folks that's all we have for now I hope you enjoyed being with us trying to present the bad news in a fun way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, make knowledge great again. Yeah. And liberation to all vegetables. And tofu. Look after yourselves over and out.